Thanks to Harry's for supporting The Motley Fool. Get your free trial set, including a razor handle, five-blade cartridge, and shave gel. Go to harrys.com forward slash fool. Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. Today is Thursday, June 29th, 2017, so we're talking about energy and industrials. I'm your host, Sean O'Reilly, and joining me today via phone to check in on the solar sector is one of The Motley Fool's top solar contributing investors and newly minted dad, Mr. Travis Hoyam. How's it going, Travis? It's going well. How are you doing, Sean? Very, very well. So uh, you've got a uh, 11-month-old running around the house, or lack thereof. 11-week. So, I'm sorry, 11-week. Yeah. My bad. So, uh, yeah, just a little guy. Still getting used to him, but uh, he's doing really well. Awesome. Very, very good. Well, you're going to be a great dad. Thank you. Uh, and we'll uh, and his entire college fund will be uh, funded by solar investments, I'm sure. Well, that would be the hope. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, Travis, I had to have you on the show today because uh, solar stocks have had a good couple of weeks. You got First Solar up 10% over the past month, SunPower up 21%, their uh, Solar Yield Co. 8.3 is up 9%, Canadian Solar is up 20 and that's making up for some losses. Like Just two weeks ago, these things were way lower. Um, so, to start us off, what caused the sector-wide rally? Well, there's a few things, I think, that are playing in here. Uh, the first is that fundamentals are getting a little bit better in the industry. And, and the thing that has really driven stocks over the last month or so is that investors are seeing that project values are going up. So one of the stocks that's gone up the most is Vivint Solar. And one of the reasons is an, an analyst uh, made a, sent a note to investors that said, we actually think that the underlying assets that Vivint Solar owns is worth a lot more than the, the market cap of the stock. So if that's true, and you listen to comments from companies like SunPower and First Solar, who are saying that the assets they're they're anticipating selling this year are going to be worth more than they were what they were anticipating coming into the year, then the underlying assets under all of these solar companies are worth more. So that you know it pushes values higher. Uh, we may not actually see that reflected in earnings yet. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that plays out as the year goes on, but that should help companies overall if if the fu- if the fundamental value of their assets is going up. Uh, the second thing that has really caught investors' attention is Trump talking about this border wall and putting solar on it. Um, and that's you know that's kind of a shiny object to look at, but it it could really help policy um, going forward. And that's that's really the third thing, and maybe even the most important thing long term is that. The policies underlying the solar industry are getting better in 2017, and that's really a positive. Nevada opened up their net metering again. That was something that they basically that eliminated, deal. pushing out all of the residential solar companies a couple of years ago. Florida has opened it up. Texas is opening up. And if you layer those policy changes on top of Trump maybe looking at the solar industry a little bit more positively, that could be a long-term catalyst. For sure. So, um, so you 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 outlined the two major uh, causes for this. The first one, um, that analyst note. Do you know how they came up with this? Like, because that's a very Ben Graham value, like intrinsic value kind of a thing. It's like, oh, we think this is actually worth this on the private market. Did that analyst call utilities and say, hey, what are you guys willing to bid on these things for? Like, how do you, how did he decide that? Well, we know we know how companies are valuing themselves. So they often disclose what they call retained value, or Sunrun calls it their net present value. So they'll say, okay, we have a 20-year contract with a customer. 
uh, that these are our cash flows. If we discount them to the present day, it's worth X number of dollars. Um, that, for a long time, was how particularly residential solar companies were valued. Uh, solar City really rose on that, that valuation model. Uh, in the last couple of years, that's kind of fallen by the wayside because some of the assumptions that they use to build those models are really aggressive. So it's assuming only a 6% discount rate, for example, which is How they pick that, low. right? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So maybe, you know, if you go to an 8% or 9% discount rate, your valuations go down pretty quickly. Um, the other thing that it's assuming is that a lot of these companies assume that customers are going to renew their leases after 20 years. And that's kind of a ridiculous assumption. Uh, we have no data to indicate that because the, the industry is just too young. And, you know, I don't, I don't think that it's reasonable to assume that somebody's going to renew a lease on 20-year-old solar equipment when we're going to be installing something much better 20 years from now. So, I remember well uh, before um, uh, Tesla bought um, Solar City. I mean, you were always writing about how, like, you thought the the discount rates were ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, and and you know that that was really what made uh, those projects look profitable. And if you change those assumptions, suddenly all that value creation goes away. So. Um, we've kind of gone back and forth with this the last couple of years. You know, for a while, I think things were overvalued. Um, you know, maybe early 2017 and into 2016, things got maybe a little bit undervalued. Um, so now we're kind of recovering. And, and part of the stock move right now is that we're coming off of a really depressed point in the industry. There's a lot of pessimism coming into 2017. Uh, the big residential solar companies were losing market share. Some of them were actually installing less. Uh, Tesla is one of the biggest ones that they've really shrunk their solar business. Um, so if, if we're starting to turn that around in 2017, uh, then the outlook looks a lot better uh, going into 2018 and beyond when we should be at a little bit more consistent growth uh, point for the industry. Yeah, so how have these share prices been doing recently? Well, I looked back two weeks, and that's kind of when things really started to move. That was when Trump started talking about the solar wall. Um, SunPower and First Solar have jumped 26 and 13% in just the past two weeks. Um, they're the U.S. companies. Uh, they, they don't have a lot of manufacturing in the U.S., um, but they're two potential suppliers for the solar wall or, you know, if, if there's policies that uh, make it advantageous to be a U.S. manufacturer, they could be winners there. Uh, Canadian Solar, who you mentioned before, and Jinko Solar, who are two of the uh, largest manufacturers in the world, up 26 and 16% in the last two weeks. And I think the two surprise companies, and this is what gives me hope that this is about more than just Trump, is that Vivint Solar is up 60% in two weeks, uh, 80% in the last month, and Sunrun is up 28%. So those are some really big jumps in the residential solar space. Uh, if that is something that gets stronger, we should see that help a company like SunPower, who also has a president, presence in uh, residential solar, and, and that'll be a real boost for the industry overall. Awesome. All right, well, we'll dive into those guys in a second here, but real quick, I just wanted to say once again, thanks to Harry's for supporting our podcast. Uh, now, I am typically an electric razor man, but I have been converted after I tried my own Harry's razor. I couldn't believe how smooth the razor felt right that very day. Just this morning, I used my own Harry's razor for an extremely close shave with perhaps the most comfortable glide I have ever experienced from a razor. Harry's is so confident that you will love their blades that they're 
they're giving you a, your own free trial set. All you have to do is just cover $3 in shipping. Stop messing around and get started shaving with Harry's today by claiming your free trial offer, a $13 value for free, just covering shipping. Your free trial set includes a weighted ergonomic razor blade, five precision-engineered blades with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. To get your free trial set, including a razor handle, five-blade cartridge, and shave gel, go to harrys.com forward slash fool right now. That's harrys.com forward slash fool. So, Travis, what has been going on with the industry itself from a fundamental basis? Because up until this point, all we've been really talking about is Trump and an analyst note that says, oh, their projects might be worth more. Are these guys getting better at what they do? Are they actually getting new contracts? Like, What's going on on a fundamental level? Well, it's a, it's a little bit early to, to give a definitive answer to that. Uh, I, I'll tell you what I think we're seeing. Um, the first quarter was bad. I mean, there's, there's no way of getting around it. And 2017 overall will likely be pretty bad for most of the big solar names. In particular, First Solar, who is actually taking this opportunity, which is a kind of a weak point in the market, to upgrade uh, their equipment to a product they call Series 6. So it's kind of revolutionizing their uh, technology, uh, the way that they build their solar systems. Uh, so that's something that really won't, we won't see the fundamental impact of that until late 2018 into 2019. Um, SunPower is doing, making some similar changes, uh, big changes in what a product they call P-Series and Oasis, which is their utility scale product. Again, we'll see a little bit of impact on which that is, this year. Which is what both those names are pivoting to. They're shifting from they're shifting towards just making huge projects for utilities, right? Right. So over really the last five years, um, they moved into building their own projects. So they said, you know what, this is this is crazy that we're selling these huge project to, projects to people like Warren Buffett, and then he's making a ton of money on these. We're going to actually build them on our balance sheet, and then we'll sell them when they're completed. Um, and that made sense for a while, uh, but what they found was that the margins that came along with that de- those developing those assets really uh, started to deteriorate over the last couple of years. So um, they're actually moving to component sales, which I think makes a lot more sense long term, uh, but it's going to be a little bit of a, a bad transition for them financially in 2017. We probably won't see growth numbers in t- uh, until 2018 or 2019. Now, for the layman that's listening, um, real quick, can we just back up and define the difference between um, what they've traditionally done and uh, even, you know, it, it sounds like there was a limbo period where they're doing the project sales, but they realized that not only do you have the problems that you mentioned, but you need a bunch of money lying around on your balance sheet. Um, what Talk to me about component sales. Like, What does that mean? Like, What's the difference between a module and the actual solar cell? Right, so the module is is just the 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 two meter by one meter solar panel. Um, you know, that's oftentimes. So these are the things I see on roofs and at the airport and right. stuff, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. The cell is, is the pieces that go into the module. So in a silicon cell, that's going to be a you know four inch by four inch, five inch by five inch um, solar cell, and they're going to connect those together to make the module. Um, what what First Solar and SunPower are doing is They've long made modules, um, but what they would then do is actually put those um, on racking, uh, connect the inverters, and connect the entire system to the grid. That's the project development side. Um, and then we're kind of moving away from that. And they're saying, 
you know what, it doesn't make sense for us to actually build the whole project, but we'll, we'll compl- complete the engineering pr- part of it, and you can just buy our engin- fully engineered solution. So, um, for example, NextEra Energy bought a 125-megawatt uh, solution from SunPower, um, and th- they basically said, okay, we'll provide you with racking, modules, inverters, and you can just plug it in basically, but you're going to be the project developer and take the project associated risk. We'll just provide all the components. So that would be, um, you know, in some ways it's similar to the way that GE does uh, some of its uh, electric supply uh, components, um, although they do some financing on their financial arm. But um, that's kind of the model that they're moving to is we just want to be supplying pieces. We don't want to actually be taking these huge financial risks. Well, it seems like that's where their competitive advantage lies. Because if you're a Nextera Energy, which is, uh, you know, not only one of the most, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm phrasing this poorly, but renewable utilities in America, um, but uh, they're they're capable of building things. So what they can't do is build a solar module really well. So it seems like by doing this, they are focusing on what they're good at. Right, that's the theory, and and I and I say that's the theory because the you know, every in the time details. We, we have one of these shifts. <laughs> um, the the economics change, and and what seems to make sense one year maybe doesn't make sense three years uh, down the road. So um, I, I think the strategy makes sense. Um, I'm. A little bit hesitant to say that, you know, with full certainty that it's going to be the correct strategy five years from now because the solar industry just changes so fast. Yeah. So no. No. So so speaking of that, can you fill us in on um, the the driver of that change that you just mentioned? It seems to be efficiency, Um, and it's kind of like you know computers. Like my computer today is like eight times better than the Dell I had in 1998. And it's, it seems to be the same way with solar cells. And it, they're getting more and more efficient. In fact, um, correct me if I'm wrong, they just like reached parity with traditional power generation options in a lot of places. So um, what could efficiency gains do to throw a wrench in these plans? Well, there's a couple of things. Uh, there's a dynamic between cost and efficiency that's really important in the solar industry. So in space-constrained environments, what we would call uh, distributed generation. So solar panels you would put on your roof or they might be on a a Target store. Um, That's where efficiency really matters because it's very expensive to to do the permitting, to get the labor up there, uh, to wire these things. Um, So if you can squeeze out more power in a small amount of space, efficiency is very important. In the utility side, and this is one of the reasons SunPower really had to go through a big strategy change, um, over the last couple of years, moving to a different module, uh, efficiency isn't quite as important today as cost. Um, you, you know, you would maybe pay a few extra cents per watt for a more efficient solar panel, but you're not going to pay 50% more, or right. you know, you're not going to pay 60 cents a watt when you could buy a competitor for 40 cents a watt just because it's more efficient. There's just not that much uh, uh, to be gained by saving a little bit of space on the utility side. Now, with that said. Um, there, it, we are getting to the point where more efficient modules are cost-effective versus their less efficient uh, brethren. So even companies like Jinko, uh, Canadian Solar, are moving towards what's called monoperk, which is kind of the next generation of efficiency for commodity cells. And so, so that efficiency is happening, but it's happening in different ways in different segments of the market. And that's something that's important to understand is that um, you know, I think efficiency is going to be a huge differentiator long term, but there's there's these ebbs and flows that happen where 
you know, sometimes efficiency is going to be really important in a, in a place like commercial solar. Sometimes cost is going to be more important. So um, long term, I think you want to bet on the companies that have an efficiency advantage because cost advantage just isn't something that's sustainable in the solar industry. Um, but I'm hesitant to say that, like, you know, 2017 is going to be the year that um, efficiency is going to be the breakthrough. Uh, so, so that's that's what I write about a lot on, on fool.com and, you know, kind of try to cover that dynamic that's going on between cost and efficiency. Yeah, I was uh, talking to a coworker the other day and they're asking me about one of your pieces. And I was like, it's efficiency isn't just the the name of the game like especially right now it's you know you 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 might have an 18% solar panel and then somebody offers you a 19% efficient solar panel and that's like oh well, I want the 19 and then it's like well no but what if the 19% efficiency solar panel costs 20% more and that's like well that's not you know what i mean so who are the companies that kind of stand out uh given the the, the shake up and the dynamics you see playing out over the next uh, uh couple of years well, I'm really interested to see the U.S. these U.S. players. So SunPower, uh, clear, clearly the efficiency leader. So in the residential and commercial space, uh, I think we should see margins go up. Um, those have been pretty depressed this year. This is, 2017 is going to be a real shakeout for them financially um, as they kind of push a lot of things off their balance sheet that um, and, and clean things up for 2018 and, and beyond. Um, and, and this move to this P-Series product, I think, is – is what they had to do, uh, but they have a lot to do to prove that that's going to be a, a huge financial win. Um, it, same with First Solar. You know, they're spending about a billion dollars to upgrade their manufacturing facilities and make a slightly more efficient and more cost-effective uh, installation uh, system so that they can sell components competitively to their customers. Um, but we don't yet know what those economics look like. Uh, so those are the big questions. Then you've got companies like Canadian and Jinko Solar, who I think are really starting to consolidate their power in the Chinese manufacturing market. China has long dominated uh, manufacturing for the solar industry. That's starting to wane a little bit as uh, technology becomes more important. And you know, just having scale and a, a blank check from a Chinese state-run bank, which is well, which is how a lot of this manufacturing was built, um, that's not necessarily a sustainable competitive advantage. So. Uh, there are going to be a couple companies I'm, I'm hesit- more hesitant on from an investment perspective um, because they're still making a commodity product. Um, but we'll see how that plays out. We'll see if, uh, if customers are willing to pay a little bit more to have a name like Canadian Solar rather than uh, you know, a Yingli Green Energy who is still making solar panels, but it's a company that's really in financial, financial hard times. So um, there's there's multiple segments of the market. Those are a few of the companies I'm watching. Um, second quarter will be really interesting to see how residential solar companies do. Um, it, can the big installers, which would be like uh, Vivint Solar and Sunrun to a lesser extent, uh, Tesla, are they going to be able to take market share back? Because they've been losing market share for two years. So that's, that's something that I'll be watching. Um, they've been trying to focus more on profitable customers instead of just growing that should be good for their business long term but i want to see you know what those economic uh, economics look like from the residential solar side awesome uh, well travis i cannot thank you enough for your time and uh i will uh, we'll have you back on the show again soon to uh, check in on all this all right thanks a lot john you bet 
And that is it for us, folks. Be sure and tune in tomorrow for the Technology Show with Dylan Lewis. If you're a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Again, that's industryfocus at fool.com. And as always, people in this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear in this program. For Travis Hoyam, I am Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening, and Fool on! Fool on!